As we step out of Maputo International Airport, there are people huddled outside looking through the arrivals exit for familiar faces. Taxi drivers racing towards us, hoping to snatch us as clients. And of course, the occasional hawker that's trying to sell us a power bank or a charger. It is an exceptionally hot day in Maputo today. And according to my weather app that I double-checked multiple times while I was packing, today is supposed to be the hottest day of our entire trip. At 33 degrees Celsius, Maputo is scorching hot and the air is humid. You just said, oh, don't worry, I'll see you. Oh, there we go. Amongst all these people, we finally spot our friend who works for the National Administration of Conservation Areas. ANAC for short, and he is taking us to Limpopo National Park, where we will be documenting the efforts to mitigate the ever-existing threat to wildlife in the area, and how this feeds into the greater global conservation approach to protect biodiversity. This is Andy Siwe. Okay. My colleagues, thank you very much. Welcome to episode one of Up to the Task, a podcast series brought to you by Agence Française de Développement, for short AFD, in partnership with the National Administration of Conservation Areas, ANAC, where we look at Mozambique's efforts to preserve its biodiversity and its wildlife that has been faced with large-scale poaching, causing the disappearance of more than half of all elephants in the country over the past 10 years. I am your host, Andisiwe Michelle May. At the end of 2018, AFD financed a national elephant census in Mozambique, the first in almost five years, as part of the Protected Areas and Elephant Conservation in Mozambique project, in order to monitor the elephant population's evolution and to measure the efficiency of deployed efforts. Now, to understand why the census was necessary, let's go back a few years to a time when elephants and other game were fleeing from Limpopo National Park and poaching was at its worst. In the past, we had here very, very big problems with poaching. Mm. Mm. The, the, the poachers were looking in rhino and elephant. That is the warden of Limpopo National Park. It was like a war to be in Limpopo National Park. He was introduced to us as Bariela, just Bariela. We met him at his office at the park headquarters where he spoke briefly about the poaching situation at the park. I met up with him the next day for an interview. I am Francisco Augusto Pariela, a park warden of Limpop National Park. Sitting across from me, he slightly leans in his chair and tells me that Pariela is the name that he goes by at the park. Today, he is wearing an army green uniform with a mask on, covering his mouth and nose. He has a stern and focused look, 
a vast difference from the jovial character that we met the day before. I'm here since 2018, three years back, and really I'm part of the PIU. PIU is a project implementation unit, which is the high level of the duration of the park. Limpopo National Park was converted from a hunting concession to a protected area and officially declared as a national park by the Mozambique government in 2001. The park still had a long way to go in being established after the country's civil war which took place between 1977 and 1992 resulted in the decimation of 90% of Mozambique's wildlife population. Uh, Limpopo National Park was created as Transfrontier Conservation Area because this area is a part of Great Limpopo Conservation Area. And of course, the main objective of this park, the first one, is the conservation of biodiversity. So in sixth grade, I was taught that biodiversity refers to all the variety of life that can be found on Earth, as well as the communities that they form and the habitats in which they live. Now, with this definition in mind, Pariela tells me that for Limpopo National Park to achieve conservation of biodiversity, it needs to simultaneously implement community-based interventions. Of course, we cannot do conservation if we are not involved the communities around and in the Limpopo National Park. And the third one is to create conditions to have sustainability in the park. The third objective relies on developing tourism for the park, as well as strengthening partnerships with neighboring parks. As a transfrontier conservation area, yes, we are linked with Kruger National Park in South Africa and the Guna Reserve National Park in Zimbabwe. So we, together, we are conserving the biodiversity. That's our vision. 20 years after, we can easily find or see elephants in the Pope National Park. We have a very huge number of elephants. And we also can see easily giraffes. Impalas, a lot of impalas. So it's easier to see animals. It means that we are creating our biodiversity and we are creating the product for development of tourism. Right now, I am standing on the porch of one of the chalets at Kovane Community Lodge. It's a rustic community-run lodge that lies outside the park about 13 kilometers from Masingir Township and the Masingir Park entrance gate. It is 10 past 6 in the morning and the sun is starting to rise. In the background, you can hear the soothing sounds of birds chirping but I can also see the trees and the plants swaying from the slight morning breeze. This rich sound represents the abundance of life that is found in the area. The Great Limpopo Transfrontier Park, GLTP for short, is home to more than 850 animal and 2,000 plant species. It links the Limpopo National Park in Mozambique the Kruger National Park in South Africa and the Gona Rezor National Park in Zimbabwe 
into one huge ecosystem area of 35,000 square kilometers. The GLTP comprises of a vast area of the lowland savanna ecosystem, not only in the Transfrontier Park itself, but also in the conservation area that will be reintegrated for joint management. This ecosystem is bisected by the Limombo Mountains running along the border between South Africa and Mozambique. Five major river systems cross this ecoregion in a generally west-to-east flow. Now, many of Africa's poaching hotspots have a few things in common, mostly how remote they are and that big animals tend to be far from people. This, coupled with the border that joins Kruger National Park and Limpopo National Park and its accessibility, is what attracts poachers and creates the perfect thriving ground for poaching. This is a very difficult and a complex issue if we are talking about the poaching. Because we cannot talk the poaching of rhino and of elephants without touch the Asia, Eastern Asia. Because the most of information that we had, the people that we are looking for rhino and tusks are coming from Vietnam, China, Cambodia, and some other countries in Asia. Poaching between Limpopo National Park and Kruger National Park grew largely between 2010 and 2018, a time when the Ivory Road, which is the trade route linking Africa to Asia, was booming. In an article published in April 2012, Reuters reported that conservation group Traffic, which monitors the global trade in animals and plants, said that 2011 was the worst year for large ivory seizures in the more than two decades it has been running a database tracking the trends. According to traffic, 128 ivory tusks bound for China were seized in the northern Mozambique port of Pemba in 2011. That time, we studied this situation and we concluded that it was like criminal syndicate and was working in three levels. There is a high level, which is outside of the country, in Asia. The second level, which is maybe in the country. And the third level is local one. The trade, driven by Asian demand for rhino horns and elephant tusks, is made worse by increasingly sophisticated poachers, recruitment of locals, and the use of poison and high-caliber weapons used to kill targeted animals. The first level is started the second level, and second level came to the field and recruit the younger people, and those younger people go to place looking for wine or hotels. This is a criminal syndicate. Yeah, so the motivation is money, is money. Uh, kg of rhino costs a lot of money. How much? <laughs> How much? Five years ago, it was around 33,000 US dollars for a kg. This cost can go up or down according to the demand of the Asia, you know. So it's a negotiable, negotiable price. And because of that, 
to be honest, in Masinziri in general, we lost a lot of younger people. The people died because it was like a war. Now, yeah, the situation is very good now. We don't have that situation. Results of AFD-funded activities and, of course, partnerships between the relevant governments and implementing agencies, donors and NGOs, have contributed towards stabilizing the poaching situation at Limpopo National Park and accelerating protection and conservation of biodiversity. Five years back, we had a funding from IFD, it's a French development agency, Through these funds, we managed to control, for full control, the poaching in Limpopo National Park. If you remember, before implementation of this program, the number of poaching in the Limpopo National Park and the poaching going through to Kruger National Park via Limpopo National Park was very big. Now, if you are talking poachers, looking for rhino ivory or elephant tusk, the really number is around zero, So, which we are doing very well. This is one of the many, many, many results that we can stress in projects funded by IFD. In the early operational stages of Limpopo National Park, after it was established, park protection services were one of the key focus areas in its development. This included the recruitment, training, and deployment of staff and field rangers to ensure effective administration and protection of the park and its wildlife. Antonio Chaman was part of the first cohort of rangers to be deployed in the park. I'm Antonio Cheman. I've been ranger the first, uh, what I've been doing. Eh? I did patrol, the first one, I was, when I was ranger, when I'm done with my training, because we did it, it was uh, 2001. Then the first year when I started to work, I was in the field doing patrol, so this is of doing patrol. Then after that, I think it was uh, 2003, where I was doing, um, I can say it's a logistic one. Then 2004, I think, I was chosen to be a camp manager. The first camping that we got was Agia Pishkera. We call it by Agia Pishkera, which is a fish eagle. Roughly translated as the place of the fish eagle, this camp is one of four camps available for visitors at Limpopo National Park. It is situated 55 kilometers from the Gereyondo border gate, which allows cross-border access within the perimeters of South Africa into Mozambique, and is about 25 kilometers from Masingir. The camp is an overlander site with scenic views that overlook the Masingir Dam. As a ranger, we did our training 2001, December 2001. We went to South Africa, we did it uh, one month in South Africa. We did one and a half months here. The first collection to be eight people. We were eight rangers chosen. It 
to be in South Africa. Then after that, when we came, is where we start our staff in the Pump National Park because we're just starting. We are our trainer and our administrator. So we were just few staff in the Pump National Park. That time we was working in the village, Masingir there. Yes. At that time, the first phase of development, which included infrastructure for the park, as well as the Giriondo to Masingir tourist access road and gate facilities, was still underway. The park did not have any of its existing building structure, which now serves as the headquarters and offices for staff members. Yes, in this process, you can see now we are developing too much uh, on tourism. Things are not happening nowadays because you see now we have people inside the park. You hear that there's a lot of people inside the park. So it's not easy even for you to see some animals. The first when you enter there, you see people around in this area. As Limpopo National Park hits positive strides with the first point, conservation of biodiversity, on their three-point model that forms the park mandate through efforts from the anti-poaching unit and other key players. The second point, which is community development, is well on its way. Through the Voluntary Resettlement and Compensation Plan that is now paving way to achieving their third and final point building tourism for the park and ensuring that local communities will benefit from increased ecotourism to the area. Nowadays, as I said, yeah, the tourism is going economical. You can even see the elephant nowadays, where it was difficult in that time. Why? Why was it difficult? Yeah, the animals like uh, elephant. You see, the animals need where there's a that can even be accommodated. So if they come where they know that here people are poaching them, you can even stay. Nowadays here, near to the village, especially in Masingiri, which is big, it's a big village, they come because they, now they know that they are protected. People are not following them to poach. So now, because there is a attract to what is attracting them, which is a, I mean, there is a dam. They need water. They need to swim there. So they come and they just come. So we're on the way to Limpopo National Park. As you look on your left side, you see the Masingir Dam, very vast lake that just keeps going and going and going right into the horizon. The Masingir Dam is the second largest dam in Mozambique. It is a 48-meter-high embankment dam in the southern Gaza province with a 5-kilometer-wide wall. It stretches 30 kilometers downstream all the way up to the South African border with Kruger National Park. It was originally created as a multi-purpose irrigation and hydropower project, but it also serves as a source of livelihood for communities and as a source of life for animals in the area, as well as a potential new route for poachers. <laughs> Para manhã de manhã, eles irem para fogo. 
Here is Bariela again from our first meeting, strategizing where our mission will take us next. Yes, you will get, you will drink everything what you want in terms of poaching. And I know we do have one here in college form. Form is a full operation base. Wow. So our strategy is there. In the next episode, we visit the forward operation base, also known as FOB, where we meet some of the rangers working on the ground to control poaching in the Limpopo National Park area. You have been listening to Up to the Task, a four-part podcast series brought to you by AFD. I am Andesiwe Michelle May. To learn more about AFD and our work, visit us at www.afd.fr forward slash en and follow us on Twitter at AFD underscore en. For our French speakers, visit us at www.afd.fr forward slash fr. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at AFD underscore France. You can also find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn at Agence Française de Développement. This podcast is produced by me, Andesiwe Michelle May, and podcasting company, Volume. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Volume.